This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 62, Holiday Spectacular Preamble. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. That was almost like a Halloween thing at first. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like... It's um, supposed to be Santa. Then it was like a 90s, I don't know, like announcer. Oh, yeah, it was like... What's, what, what show is that? Oh, like... Holiday Spectacular! Preamble! Honestly, that sounds like the voice from uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah, it kind of it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> America's <laughs> Funniest Home Videos! <laughs> And he would have like witty things that they would go out on. Like he would say something like, "This next, this next one's gonna get wet and wild." <laughs> I miss. Uh, okay, here's a question. Favorite America? Give me your favorite America's Funniest Home Video host. There's only there's only two that matter: Tom Bergeron or Bob Saget. Well, it's definitely gonna be Bob Saget. Bob Saget was all about doing character voices yes. and like being it he's yeah, he yeah, was a yeah, part yeah. of the scene he would he would he would mystery science theater and, yes yeah and tom bergeron was more about like a goofy narration but joke on I, top of it oh you know what tom bergeron though because his because he would just really get you into the bit really fast <laughs> he would he would really i just really want to point you. out that your sentence there was oh but you know what tom bergeron though <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, actually, uh, I am going to change it to Tom. I went, I went with Bob Saget just out of fear because I couldn't remember Tom's yeah, deal, Tom's his deal. spiel. His thing was good. But yeah, no, I, I, his and, thing was so much tighter than what Bob right. would do. And then for for a while, there was like a young guy and a girl that did it together. Yeah. And everybody wants no to, everyone lives to forget. Well, there's, there's no that. place for America's Funniest Home Videos anymore because YouTube. we just have YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> right. So where was that supposed to go? Right. Like, it became Vine. Right. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Now we watch Vine compilations. Yeah, now we've got like, hey, Mr. Bubs, you know, we don't need, <laughs> we don't need. Oh, also, since it's the end of the year, it is appropriate to do this. Hey, Mr. Bubs is my favorite viral video of the year. Of the year. Yeah. And I would like anybody that has not Look, seen. Just Google Hey, Mr. Hey, Bubs. Mr. Bubs. <laughs> uh, check it out. It's very funny. It's a dog one. It's, it's a, a dog. dog one. So it's you know you're going to like it. If you, don't, if you don't like what you've heard of it, it is a dog one. Um, Hunter, the energy of this podcast is completely different when we're in the same room. We dove right into this. And we were excited to do we it. We were excited that, to dive into it's this. It's so weird that, so that last, not to not to show you guys with this, how the sausage is made, but yeah. that last episode was quite popular as far as downloads. Like, people yeah. were really into it. Right. Uh, which is wild to me because I was uh, not in the mood to Hunter do it at miserable. all. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I guess my performance really does not matter too much no, as far as the quality of the show. <laughs> it, might, might, it may specifically hinder like that's the show. <laughs> yeah, how many people have tuned out by now, this yeah, point? We're we're four minutes into this recording, and and you know when back back when we were both in Portland, we had a solid two minute rule of when when that when the number right. hits two minutes, we're ready to right. get we're, out. We're done. But we're boy, do it. we break that rule now. Well, okay, so so a couple things. We are in the same room. Hi, uh, Hunter. Hi, Matt. welcome to my house. Hello. Um. Uh. And that's because I'm back in Arkansas yeah. because it's holiday time and holiday I'm here to see time. my family. And uh, I'm going to be here for a while, too. I'm taking a three-week family vacay to work on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and really what we're going to talk about today is one of the things that I'm here 
uh, to work on, which is, of course, the second annual... Holiday Hol- Spectacular! Yeah, that. that. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're going to do that. Uh, that's coming up. That's going to be on... What's the date? Sunday. Wait. The 23rd. Yeah. I, I, for a moment, I was like, wait, is this episode going to be out before? But I forgot for a moment that this episode is this late. This episode is late. This so. episode it will be posted as soon as we're done recording it and I edit it. So, right. yeah. But, right. yeah. Sunday, the 23rd. You know, I haven't even been giving it, like, an exact start time. Like, we're, we're going to be setting up and we're, I'm hoping to, to kick the thing off at 10 a.m., uh, we're gonna go over kind of everything with that. Today's episode is all about about that spectacular because we want to start ramping it up. We want to get people excited. We want people to tune in, and uh, there's there's just really specific things that happen mm-hmm. with streamed games for us. And I know a lot of people don't tune in for streams because um, they are like I was a little over a year ago, which was like, why would I want to sit down and watch? an entire stream of Twilight Imperium. I right. Would not why would you? That. Why would you? So we're going to answer that question today of why would you do that? But what, before before we before get to we that do stuff, that. I want to say that, uh, that so you might be thinking like, oh man, why are you guys spending a whole episode uh, getting us ready for the holiday spectacular? It's going to be a little bit different this year. Last year, it yeah. was basically just us trying to figure out streaming in general. Right. And it was in a dining room. Yeah. Um, and this time we were getting- And it was one shot the whole time. Right. I mean, right. we didn't we didn't have the stuff. We've already improved streams from the first holiday spectacular. The first holiday spectacular was literally- just the first stream we've yeah, ever done right it's, and now we're trying to establish the holiday spectacular as a thing i mean it's a spectacular we plan to do this every year right. our, our friends coming to town we're doing a spectacular we're going crazy with ti uh, and honestly the thing i'm most excited about is uh the location uh, yeah. because it's not in a dining room this time no. where are we going to be recording this time Matt? so i have a cool job these days and i work at a movie studio um and we have a four thousand square foot sound stage with a 40 foot by 45 foot by 20 foot cyclorama wall and if just you don't know enough what that room means, just just <laughs> enough enough room room for ti (laughs) four thousand square feet (laughs) finally the space to play the game uh no but it's a it's a cool studio and because i work there i can use it and we're gonna we're gonna do a stream in there so you will see a market like a a a definitive difference between previous streams and how this one should should look right we're we're planning to get it set up beforehand and i think it's gonna look really good and it's gonna be a cool feel right we can change it in the future i don't i don't think i'm committing to a green screen this year but next year's holiday spectacular very realistically we will maybe be in outer space we can be where or we'll be on a train or we'll be inside hunter's stomach or whatever um it doesn't matter because we i'll have a we we just got a 20 foot by 30 foot green screen so oh my god we can do whatever i'm sad that you didn't put it up because i do well i I have i have two days to put it up right i probably will but we'll see i don't know if it i'll probably put it up and i don't know if it'll be on the stream anyways all suffice it to say we're hoping to up the production value of this stream quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and we want people to check it out. We want to, we, I mean, we, we want, we're doing these streams because we want them to be watched, not right. because we just want to turn on a stream while we play TI. And that's what we're going to talk about today is like why we do these streams and why we want you to tune in and, and what we hope you will see is different when we stream these games yeah. compared to like maybe what your expectations are because I mean we don't get huge numbers on these streams we no. had on our 100,000 stream our 100,000th download uh, episode stream we we had a decent numbers at first but even that was like max of like 60 to 80 or something like that like it's not a lot of people right, in right. these streams compared to like who listens to the podcast and I want to change that I want to keep seeing that 
that grow because I think it is worth hanging out with us. Right. Think and of I mean, it we're like, going to do, we're going to do a lot of stuff that's worth, uh, that's worth watching now before, but before yeah. we go any further, okay. I just want to say, because if the goal of this is to get people to listen to, sure. or to watch it, uh, when, where, how do they do it? Just, just right It'll be on twitch.tv slash space cats, peace turtles. It'll be on our official. We have a Twitch. We stopped streaming on YouTube. Twitch is a little bit easier to manage and it's just more active of a stream community and it's whatever. Yeah. We, we do it on Twitch. We will upload it to YouTube immediately after. So if you aren't able to tune in live, you will still get to watch everything. But it will be on twitch.tv slash space cats, peace turtles. Starting. It'll be probably starting at like 10 a.m. Now, here's the, the key difference is we're going to play two games in this mm-hmm. holiday spectacular. Last year, we played three total games. Two we played before the stream started, and they were playing side by side, and then we played our big stream game. This year, we're going to play two games on stream back to back. The first one is going to be just us playing TI. Um, in fact, I may not even be playing. I may be moderating. We're probably going to do a, a sort of... We, we might basically play a tournament game. Right, a tournament test run. I yeah. mean, I'm going to push that right. for that. Right. Uh, we haven't confirmed with all the players that they're cool with that. I bet they will. Yeah. So it will just be care. like a tournament run. It'll be the turn on the tournament map. We'll be using the tournament drafting rules. I'll be moderating the game and also, you know, managing uh, chat and everything like that. But the the key with that one is for you early risers who want to join us at 10 a.m. and hang out with that game. A, that game's a little bit more for us because we want to play a normal game with our buddies. Right. Um. And so we're not doing all the kooky business that you're, we're going to describe. Which some people don't like the kooky business. Some people don't like the kooky business. Game. So if you want to just see a straight game, 10 a.m. And I'm thinking we're going to cut off that game by 4 p.m. And we're going to start the weirdo game at 4 p.m. And the 4 p.m. game is the one I really want you to, to tune into. And I should note 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Right. 4 p.m. Standard. I don't know what that is in UTC off the top of my head. But it's... It's something. It's something. It is a time in UTC. All right, so yeah, um, that, that's how you would watch it. That's when you would watch yes. it, and uh, and so the first the first game is standard. So let's talk about um, what is actually going to be in the holiday spectacular, and what we're trying to do with more of our streams in general. If you've never tuned into one, and to do that, I want to take a step back. We've talked before about like why and how we started the show. We're not doing that right now, but I did want to talk about like what Twilight Imperium content looked like to me when I was wanting to start doing TI content. And like what sort of things we've been gearing towards for a long time, which was before our show and before we started trying to make stuff, there were a few really great videos out there. The main one being Shut Up and Sit Downs. Uh, they did like a documentary style playthrough. And right. it was, you know, it's like a 40 minute hour long video or something like that. It's and funny. It's, and it's funny. And it's of one game and you get, in, you know, on camera, you, you get, get little diary little strategy, but you get like kind of really good overall. Yeah. If, you, if, if, if you guys haven't seen that, uh, you should check it out. Yeah. It doesn't have very much. There's not a lot of theoretical meat no, to it. No. Uh, in fact, I think they made it with an understanding that like, oh, we don't want to turn it's off all people theme. that don't already know how to play. Yeah. It's, yeah, all, it's theme. all theme. But it's very funny. And it's, it's, it's good. And I think a lot of games actually play out very similar yeah. to the way that Shadow And it's it down. partly what got us into wanting to do even more with our TI games. It's right. like, oh man, I want we want to make that too. We yeah. really want to make something like that. So we tried to make our own videos and I was for a while I was actually kind of adamantly opposed to doing streams at all. Right. Because my opinion was why would anyone want to watch a stream right. for six hours of us just playing the game. Yeah. And last year's holiday spectacular was essentially that. And we even got people hanging out and it turned out to be incredibly fun mm-hmm. to have interaction the whole game we basically had a peanut gallery of people making fun of us and 
you know, chastising our bad play, but then right. also cheering along with us when crazy things would happen. Right. And it was just right. like super crazy fun to do it as a stream that like I completely, I, t I did a 180, 180 turn on right. like how I felt about doing streams. But I knew that we had to do our streams different than everything else I'd seen. Like outside of Shut Up and Sit Down, it's a lot of, on, on YouTube, there used to be a lot of like Twilight Imperium time-lapse videos of just, oh, I set up a time-lapse camera and you can see the video. But you you miss out on a lot of, that's not what Twilight Imperium is. That's that's how, like, you could watch a time-lapse of a Risk game mm -hmm. and understand what, happened, what happened in yeah. that Risk that's a good game. Point. But Twilight Imperium, you, you miss out on... You wouldn't on, even be able to tell who won, yeah, really. Yeah, you wouldn't even be able to tell who won. You just see the ships moving around on the map and it doesn't do it really any justice. So going into it, I knew it's like, well, it shouldn't just be a time lapse. Not to say, wait, wait, I just want to say, I want to throw this out there though. Not to say that those of you that may have thrown up time lapse. No, 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 no because there's a, there's a stupid. place for that, and I, I, I still to this day to turn on a time lapse every once in a while just to kind of like scrub through it. But like, you don't sit down right. and watch. It's a different type all of that. Thing. You're digesting a different type of material. You're right. not there to invest in a game. You're there to like, oh, let me check out kind of how this how this thing went down. And and since TI four was released more and more people and, and because when ti3 was out creating content was more difficult yeah, in general for sure and so with ti4 we see more people making stuff i know there's plenty of people who make you know game overviews and they they show all their photos from their game right. or little they'll, right. they'll make take shots of their game and they'll give you like an overview of everything that happened it's basically a play of the week but in like a 10 minute video form right, right. which i think are great they're super fun to watch um we are with like our Gen Con video, we're aiming for something sort of in between that, a little bit longer than ten minutes, but not the entire not every single game thing that uncut. But with streams, how do we make a stream engaging? Kept being the question of like, well, we, we might as well do the stream because it's very easy to if we're going to record the game, it's easy to also just stream it at the same time. Right. So why not stream it? Um, and so from the beginning of our streams, what we've always tried to ensure is a few things uh the first being you should always be able to like you should be able to tune in to our stream at any moment and within a minute of like looking at the screen and digesting all the information that we have up you should understand where the game is at at right. that moment that's like my number one goal with we have an overlay in our bottom left corner right now and it's just like you should tune in and be able to see oh this person's in the lead and this is why Right. And this is how their game is going. And, and I can kind of tell that either they're stalling out and they might have trouble actually getting a victory or, oh, holy cow, this person's running away with it or right. whatever. Like you should right. be able to glean all of that information without having to get into chat and ask, hey, what's been going on for the past right. 30 minutes? Because I've had that happen with other, you know, I've seen other people do streams and this isn't to even dog them because we, we were certainly not it's the really first. It's really hard. It's really, really hard, and we were not the first people to do it. And a lot of ideas that we gained were based on other people's streams. People have been experimenting with these streams and different overlays mm -hmm. for a while now. And so other streams I was seeing, the number one thing that, that I was feeling like was lacking was I would tune into the stream. But if I, you know, if I tuned out for an hour and then came back in, I would have to just get into chat to figure out what had been going on mm -hmm. the past hour. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying. We're trying to develop something where it's like you can jump in and get a decent idea of where the game is right, right now. Right. Um, so the the big there's two big factors with that. A we have the map visible at all times. Right. We have a we have an overhead camera that shows the map. This is getting into some nitty gritty stuff, but the more important thing is we have an overlay that shows you the entire objective 
outlook of the game. We show you every objective that's been scored, who scored it, how many points they have. So if you've never tuned in our stream, know that when you tune in, like you'll be able to see everything that's been scored and what's available to be scored right. and where the game could potentially go from there. And I think usually you can look at our, our overlay that's in the in the lower thirds and you should just know where this game is and where it's headed right i mean and and it has everything on it almost to almost to a fault but we we would rather have everything than like because there's really no way to condense the information i mean realistically it is just a big excel spreadsheet in the bottom left with every single victory every secret objective everything is there right um and it's it's scored and color-coded um so yeah, you can look into that screen. It's a lot of information, but if you look at it, you should have an idea of like exactly where the game is. So if you are, you know, if if you jump into this, if you're like, oh, I'm not gonna watch you play Twilight right. Imperium for twelve hours, you dinguses. Right, that's insane. But I could pop in. We want you to know that if you pop in, we feel it's pretty likely that you're gonna be able to figure out exactly where we're at in the game. Right. So Hunter, talk a little bit about how we're trying to also up the engagement because it's 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 one thing to like i feel like the, what we've been describing so far is for the people who truly care about like experiencing a ti game yeah oh i don't get to play as often as i was i was i would like but i can watch this game and kind of get that vibe right but more so than just seeing the points get scored i i think there's a an attitude that our streams have and and i i think uh I don't know. Give some yeah. of the details of like how we try to engage. Well, so for for Sunday, that first game, like we said, is going to be pretty straight up vanilla uh, game, and it's for all of those people that like that. And as far as engagement goes, I mean, we'll be there. Will be someone on hand yeah. to to talk, to watch chat, and to hang out. Um, but there's not re- the engagement isn't getting really more. There's not more depth to it than that. But however, when we start playing the second game, the goofy game, uh, we have so many uh, so many like little little weird stream uh rituals that have kind of i mean it's really a bunch of it's really a bunch of house rules is what it's turned into it's a bunch of annoying convoluted house rules that we have but it's because it's all these things that have helped us i don't know keep everybody engaged the most basic thing we can say is that the map that we're going to be playing on in the goofy game uh was made by imac we trust uh with assistance from the steve martin fan club yeah and it is uh well as it stands right now it is super buck wild to in a to a point where i think it might be a bloodbath i don't have it's gonna be a bloodbath i don't have his final draft but i know it's a three galaxy map which actually isn't the most foreign thing in ti there was enough there were official three galaxy maps in ti3 right like released by fantasy flight but that what that means is if you've never seen a three galaxy map on our map there will be three players on one uh galaxy imagine the normal ti galaxy but with one ring removed Mm -hmm. um and in the center of that galaxy is an alpha wormhole. And then there's a second galaxy, same setup. In the center of that is a beta wormhole. And then in between those two galaxies is a teeny tiny little galaxy with Mechatol Rex at the center. And the other end of the alpha and the other end of the beta is in that center galaxy. Right. So the only way to get to Mechatol Rex is to fight through the wormhole mm-hmm. and then get into the center galaxy. Um, and in this particular map, all of the home systems are adjacent to that wormhole and two spaces away from each other 
home system. Which I think might be the part. Like, I it's don't know if that broken. should be final. It's gonna, I don't know if that should I be don't know. It's really scary. <laughs> because there are certain... I mean, gro- ghosts could just take someone's home system turn one. Yeah, I mean... If they want to. It's going to be like... It's going to be like we all have the Van Hog, basically. Yeah. It's going to be like everyone has right. a gun on the table <laughs> all the time, basically. Now, to counterbalance this absolute madness, we have lots more madness. So don't... Th- right. Like, it's not like... There's just this ridiculous map, and we're expected to play on it, and obviously some factions are going to be amazing at it, and so they're going to crush the whole game, and it will be a boring game. It will not be a boring game, because there will be many things that you, the audience, can do to get in the way of a potential ghost oh, player's yes. plans this or is whatever. a really this is a really good time to say that if for some reason you want to jump into the Steve Martin fan club last minute yeah. you can still vote on what uh, factions, what factions we will be playing yeah. in in that we, game we we are not going to be picking our factions for that game we will be once we have six available factions the six players will pick which faction right. they want to play but of the six factions that are available those will be decided by the Steve Martin fan club um, so you've got a couple days to get in there and get your votes. And I in. might ask the, st- the I might ask the club what they want me to play most of all because honestly, yeah, I probably will. They're all like all, they're all weird. Yeah, all the factions that are up at the top. Uh, I feel like I would like to play any of them, and but it's a weird collection of factions all together. Yeah, uh, as far as leaders, it feels right now. similar to our first stream outside of the holiday spectacular because the first holiday spectacular we picked the factions we wanted to play right. we just played whatever we it was wanted. only our like fourth game of ti or something like we had yeah. barely been playing the game um but our first real stream where we were getting better at it we let everyone decide and we got i mean it was what you would expect it was winu and muat and sardak and ghosts and it was garbage it was right. all terrible factions but it made for a really compelling game which is why we decided to continue putting these sorts of elements into the audience's hand because it's fun when things are terrible for us yeah yeah <laughs> Speaking um, of terrible for us, <laughs> the uh, the next big rule change that we have is something we call audience agendas. And these have been actually kind of confusing to explain to people in the past because right. they are not they're not agendas in the proper sense of how you should be thinking about agendas because audience agendas, the players in the game do not vote on them. Not at all. So they can't follow the same structure of a typical agenda because there's no necro doesn't get to to put a vote towards anything you don't play writers on audience agendas and there's also no outcome you know how there's some agendas that are specific to like if you voted for this you're gonna gain something right they can't be like they can't be that because well and also there there should be no against no effect because why yeah right right And, and and especially it should never be something audience agendas are never um this will definitely benefit so-and-so, and and this might just kind of help everybody. No, an audience agenda should be either this terrible, crazy, insane, stupid thing is going to happen, or this other terrible, crazy, insane, stupid thing. What's been your favorite audience agenda that we've had in our streams thus far? Just to give people a taste. That actually hit the table. Um, Cosmic Disaster, I think, is the easiest one to explain to people. Yeah, um, go ahead. As Cosmic D- Disaster was... I don't, I don't know who wrote it. I wish we had that in front yeah, of me. I don't have but it. But uh, whoever wrote it, thank you, because it's so... It's just... It's elegant in it's, yeah. in how much it messes things up. So essentially, Cosmic Disaster, um, the audience votes on two... Um, what are they anomalies. called? Anomalies. Two anomalies, and they switch places. Uh, very frequently, it's like the supernova and the gravity rift. Right. Um, but, but it's worth noting, all of the ships go with the tile. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, if it goes across the map, if 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 Muat was for some reason parked in a war sun, and that war sun travels to the other side of the galaxy, 
goodbye it goes to the it goes with it um, right and there's a lot of there's there's a few different agendas that are like that i know there's one where your home system and mechatol rex are going to get swapped um oh wow and yeah. that we've got ones where people's entire action cards hands get passed to the left or the right it's it's truly stupid stuff that right. breaks the game um it's hard to have an actual like good strategy when we're playing in these so audience agendas are these crazy things and what we do is we post them there's there's two timing windows for audience agendas one we don't start audience agendas until the agenda phase kicks off right or at least that's how we started doing it and while we're voting on our two in-game agendas at the beginning of the agenda phase we read the content of an audience agenda we post a straw poll in the chat and the chat votes on that thing and and the votes continue until the end of our agenda phase. As soon as our agenda phase is over, we reveal the winner of the straw poll and we put its effect in place. Right. Um, the other timing window that we've come up with is a lot more terrifying to me. And it's <laughs> because the first time we did audience agendas, we only got like three in the whole game before the right. game was over. And there over. should be more. And there should be more. It's so, it's too much. When there's only three, it feels like one person got completely hosed and got knocked out of the game because right. of it and then that was it nobody else got hit very hard well yeah because the audience will always pick someone to hose and that someone is going to be either me Man. or yeah exactly you. yeah, yeah. Um, well but there won't be enough time to course correct right like if if we do it that way yeah, yeah. So, but if yeah. we do lots and lots of audience agendas then we we then kind of save ourselves exactly. by hurting ourselves exactly so the new timing uh the second timing window for audience agendas is at the during the strategy phase before anyone has picked strategy cards we roll an eight-sided die whatever number gets hit that strategy card is now the timing window of the the next agenda the next audience agenda so if we roll a five if someone picks trade when they play trade right time to vote on an audience agenda yeah. now that does two things one it means the the timing of an audience agenda has a lot of variance to it which is the way old agendas were in ti3 mm -hmm. uh, they were tied to politics and the second thing it does is it incentivizes people to pick a, a strategy card they may not have otherwise picked if construction is the one that gets the audience agenda attached mm -hmm. to it mm -hmm. someone who's in last place might be like you know what it's time to shake things up i'm just right. gonna take construction right. i don't need construction at all but I'm gonna pick it because I want to. I want to pick when I launch that audience agenda. Oh, for sure, for into sure. Effect. Um, I wanted to ask though. Uh, are are we going to stick to the Mechatol Rex thing? Like we don't start doing audience agendas until we. No, start we'll doing do we'll do the strategy card audience agendas first along round. with first round. Yeah, we'll do it first round. We won't start agenda phase audience agendas until an agenda. And phase. I don't know why it's arbitrary, but it's just because it's. The, I don't have enough time yeah, to do another agenda some sort during of the limit. status phase. Yeah. yeah, it's very hard to manage these agendas uh, because there's a lot of typing up polls and then posting the poll, and you, mm -hmm. you know you get it. But uh, it's it adds enough to the game that it's worth doing. But I can only do so much of it and also play the board game right. at the same time. Right. Um, one thing, if you've tuned into old streams, you may have heard of the Cult of Clancy. Uh, in our last game, I think it was the Cult of Chris, or no, the Cult of Ryan. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not doing the Cult anymore. We're done with the Cult. The Cult doesn't work. If you ever did tune into the to a stream with a Cult, we had one player who, on our Discord channel, we had a separate channel that, that all of our players didn't have access to. And you could tune into the game and you could help our player. And it was usually someone who was a little bit newer to the game. In right. Portland, it was our friend Clancy. And you could help them play. But what it kind of ended up doing is it meant that the audience, who already is actively playing against 
Matt, myself and Hunter. <laughs> well, now they have a player, a vessel through which to do that. Yeah. And it, and it, it's not actually in a fun way. It kind of ruined, especially when we do audience agendas. What always happened is every audience agenda that had a favorable outcome for one player would go to the player that the, cult. the audience was playing at. The right. cult would always win. And that ended up being just not especially interesting. Um, and secondly, it kind of ruins the game for the person who's the head of the cult because they spend the entire game looking at their phone, reading the cult's suggestions and advice. And sometimes getting berated. For and not- sometimes getting berated for not following their advice. And just in general, it 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 actually started to become a little bit too like toxic of an environment for that person to be playing and they're they're not engaging in like right. the politic the you know the politicking above the table with all the players they're just they're just in their phone the whole time and it, and it doesn't look good on stream and it doesn't feel good to play as you just right. kind of lose interest a lot quicker so we're done with the cult maybe we'll in the future come up with a new way to implement like the audience gets to play as a player but that's later on down the road um i know this is super indulgent and nobody cares but for the two people that maybe do care who uh who are we going to see in the holiday spectacular this year because it's a bit of a rematch for some of us it's a bit of a rematch uh as of right now and i'm pretty sure the scheduling will hold it's obviously the two of us right uh sean O'Connor. Right, who, who, if you remember in the last Holiday Spectacular, needed four trade goods. Needed uh, four trade goods me. and almost threw his entire game to get of it. Well, in fact, I mean, I will, I would argue that he threw both of our games in order to get <laughs> it. Uh, EJ will be there. Uh, EJ yeah. spent the last Holiday Spectacular as uh, Soul? Was he Soul? He was extra. He was extra, and he yeah. had a hard time. He had, a, he had well, the extra he, problem. He, he had the extra problem. He, la- he-, extra, he did it the weird way. He launched... He got a huge lead early mm-hmm. and then completely stagnated the right. rest of the game and right. couldn't find points anywhere else. Um, so that's four. Five is um, Chris Rogers? Chris Rogers, who was in the last stream but not in the Holiday no. Spectacular last year. Uh, but Chris is a good player. He's a fun Muat. That's yeah. that's always been my favorite position for Chris is when he plays Muat, things get fun. Yeah. Um, and then last. Last and certainly and, least. And <laughs> bot- absolutely least is Connor Smith confusing legal text Smith. <laughs> so we have to let him um, regain his honor by making up for his horrible mistake last holiday stream that caused me to completely go into a salt storm. Created the the the, the best head desk I've ever seen in my life. And was then, that a was that a head desk moment? I, yeah you, I've you done head lots desk. of head desks, but yeah. No you 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 I had desk after that, that was when you head desked really bad. Okay. Like it was it was a big head desk. Actually, no, it wasn't as big as that wood. No, that, and that I'm too, wood, Oh, man, you've done so many. I've done so many, and I have to stop. I, I need to remember my children when I'm old. Oh, so no, that, I think that, the head desks are going to start. <laughs> when my wife sees the Twitch they clips, want, oh, she's not no. a big fan of the head desks. They want a head desk. You know <laughs> they want one. They want one. Um, let's talk about the, uh, the, the last big rule, and this is a new one that we're adding. Uh, we actually just came up with this today, but I love it, and it's something that might grow into something much oh, more terrifying right, yeah, in the future. Weird. Uh, we're going to do a thing called audience objectives at this holiday stream. Don't get too um, excited. Don't, okay, get too don't get too excited. We're not there Calm yet. Down. We'll get there, but we're not there yet. Holiday object or holiday audience objectives are we will let we're not going to randomly uh, reveal objectives. Right. Um, they'll be random to us, the players. But what we're going to do is over the course of each round, we'll put out another straw. Poll. There's lots of voting in our holiday streams. Mm-hmm. Lots of things for the audience to vote on. Another thing you'll be able to vote on is what the next objective to be revealed is going to be. Yep. 
Now we'll follow all the rules of objectives. It'll be we'll we'll start the game with two stage ones, and we'll reveal one stage one each round. But it will not be a random objective. It will be decided on whatever you, the viewers, want the objectives to be. So base right. you, you. It's important then, obviously, for you to be able to tune into the game, see what's going on, and go. Oh, you know what would really be a terrible objective for them all to have to go for <laughs> right now is this one and right. and give us that or or and especially what i love about it is my favorite thing about these how goofy these these like kind of stupid streams are getting is it becomes less about one player playing really well and it's more about surviving and yeah. it's just be, it's just survival of the fittest and it always checks and balances itself if someone starts to get away from it the stream a typically the stream just wants everything to happen as long as possible mm -hmm. so they will do whatever it takes to make sure there is no winner right maybe ever right um <laughs> and so in this context if one person is starting to run away with it you can bet every objective that comes out is certainly not going to be something that's easy for them to accomplish right uh so I, I very much anticipate the very first stage two public objective to be control five planets with tech specialties sure because i that's just how it's gonna work right. out it's and i don't really out. expect to see any tech objectives because i i don't think people but we'll see and it's we'll up, see it's up to you right, right? Um, so the, and this this might say well it might sound like we're trying to make this sound like this is really crazy this isn't really that crazy no because it not, feels crazy in the game when some of these agendas hit but you it's, don't get to make up no. objectives so right. like you're we're really using, just picking from what's already there yes someday in the future we might get we might let we you might make cross up. that we that might bridge. cross that bridge but we're not ready for it yet but just suffice it to say you'll control what objectives hit the table right. and i'm very excited to see how that goes yeah yeah so i mean you're gonna want to uh i don't know when are we gonna put out the poll to pick the first two for round one i, I think we'll do it a few hours before the start of that game so yeah. maybe around 2 p.m. Right. Central Standard Time is when the poll to pick the first two objectives will come out. That's when we'll cut off the poll for the factions. So we'll say who the factions are on stream during like the, the first game. We'll say, okay, these are the six factions that are going to be in the final Holiday Spectacular game. And then we will immediately open up the poll for the first two public objectives. Yeah. So, so there's a reason to check out that first game if you have no interest in right. watching regular TI, which right. I assume you do have interest I in I feel seeing like regular. you probably have interest in seeing regular TI. Right, right. But that's that's it. Uh, we, <laughs> As per usual, Hunter and I were like, this is going to be a really quick episode. And no, and it wasn't. We talked for like well, 50 minutes. I, I, uh, one more thing I want to throw out there. Who are the front runners for um, the factions in the Goof em Up game, the crazy, yeah. the crazy goofball let's game? Let's take a look. So yeah. currently... And this is why if you if you disagree with these results, you need to get in the if, if you are in the Steve Martin fan club and you haven't voted, get on the discord or I'll make sure I'm pretty sure I already posted on the Patreon, but I will post it again on the Patreon. Um, the link to the to the poll for uh, this vote. But if you're not a Steve Martin fan club member, maybe you want to get in there and influence the vote, because I'll say this much. It's not like it's a huge disparity in numbers of any of these. A couple votes could completely change the tides of who gets played. Right. In well, this. I think that top pick is kind of solid. The top pick is, is solid, and the top pick currently is the Ghosts of Creus. Right. Uh, followed by the Necrovirus, and then Clan of Sar, Arborek, Extra Kingdom, and then there's actually a tie for sixth place with the L1Z1X Mindnet and Sardak Nor. Um, Hunter and I, or Hunter as the vice president of the Steve Martin fan club, always reserves the right to break ties. Right. Uh, so we'll see if that tie holds, but I suspect well, that you, Sardak Nor will pull ahead yeah i expect that too <laughs> um if for some reason it doesn't you know where i stand in that time <laughs> <laughs> and the results will be evident right um but yeah get in there and get your votes in i mean 
the 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 let's sixth Clanasar down. Let's get Come Clanasar on, Clanasar is gonna destroy gonna... that game. <laughs> Clanasar is going to bust that. Yeah, wide especially open. knowing what the map is gonna be more like. Honestly, I mean, it, Ghosts of Creus are gonna be completely stupid, insane on that map too, and and I wish they would go away. But I'm not I'm it's not gonna bad. dictate that. Yeah. I'm not gonna ban them. But um, you might want to bump up. I mean, heck. Bumping up an Embers of Muat, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for Muat. If they just go and take someone's home system immediately, I don't know what we're gonna do if someone gets eliminated in the first thirty minutes of the Holiday Spectacular. Right, that'll be insane. But I, uh, I, I, I don't see that happening. No, I don't either. But if it does happen, that will be funny. Well, because here's the thing: you could get almost eliminated, and because of the structure of all the other crazy things that happen in this holiday spectacular, there actually is a chance that you could come back. Because if you get, if you're on the brink of destruction, yeah. you can bet that the stream is going to try to help you. That's a good point. survive. That's a good point. So I don't know, and and, and honestly, that's something I want to see these streams go to in the future. Is even more. I I just I like the idea of our streams to be like it's like we're playing a game of ti but there's like a four-year-old sitting next to the table making up rules for the game as we go and just right. adding them in randomly right. Right. i mean it, it truly is we've we've this term is one we've stopped using as much because i feel bad using it all the time but our streams truly are calvin ball right just, for sure just everything goes out the window wait and we, isn't we there an audience objective called calvin's there ball is or something calvin's like ball is one of the agendas yeah. and i forget what it does but it's really <laughs> They're all great. Every what we do, I, I didn't say this earlier, and I'll, I'll say it real quick before we jump into the errata. Is the audience agendas? Uh, we decide an audience which one we're doing. We have a list of twenty mm-hmm. that are like the chosen, amazing, holy tier audience agendas. And when we need to reveal a new one, we roll a d twenty and we we let that pick which one we get hit with. So, right. and if we roll the same one again later, we'll re-roll. We, we'll never do the same audience agenda twice. Right. Um, so we just keep rolling. So there's until 20, we get a new. there's 20 loaded. total locked and loaded, ready to go. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, if you want in the future to pitch uh, more audience uh, yeah. uh, agendas, you do that at the Steve Martin fan club. That's where you go. Yep. yep go yep. do that there. All right. Let's do, uh, let's talk about our goof ups. Let's talk about our goof ups. All right, so we uh, last week we did something very unwise and that we talked real strategy on the show. Oh no, oh, what a disaster. How dare we <laughs> and uh, we I mean, I don't I don't know that we messed up, uh, but I will say that we we got more more than more than usual uh, errata, I would say. Sure, sure. Yeah. And it's well, it's it's because we were we were taking stances on things and there's plenty of people who have different stances. For sure. For so, sure. And also I just think it's like it's kind of a contentious Subject, yeah. The idea of fleets right. and like composition and their purpose. Yeah, it's it's kind of difficult to pin down, and I think a lot of people have more perspectives on it than I think me or you realized. Um, yeah, I think in going into the conversation, but that's, I, I've found that to be kind of a good thing, just in terms of like a realizing new ways to think about fleets, but b just knowing all of these things constantly reassure me for the tournament, which is that. Lots and lots of people think about TI in very different ways. Yeah. And that enforces their strategies in different ways. And so some, like, plenty of people win a lot based on how they think about fleets. And their vision of fleets could be completely different than you or I. And you and I also win a decent amount. And it's Mm -hmm. like, all roads are valid, basically. So I, I, I like when we get into these meaty discussions because it means we, we see the proof is in the pudding well i like the the all roads are valid uh thing because our first piece of errata is from unaligned magi and he almost takes that to yeah. in, in to an 
uh, to an extreme. Um, so his point, uh, essentially he broke down the uh, percent to hit uh, plus the resource or divided by the resource value of right. each unit. It's what percent can you hit based on the amount of resources that you cost. Right. So it's like per dollar, how much damage right. are you getting per dollar? Um, and he broke it down like this. So destroyer has a 20% chance to hit, right? Um, divided by one resource equals 0.2 damage per resource. Um, cruiser has a 40% chance to hit divided by it costs two which equals 0.2. Right. Uh-huh. Do you see where uh, uh -oh. going? They're the uh, same. Fighter has a 20% chance to hit, um, and it costs a half a resource uh, per, which equals 0.4, but they can't move on their own. So if you've got four fighters... The, he he, he uh, pushes the math even further. One carrier and four fighters is five resources. Right. You know, 0.2 times five divided by five... It ends up being 0.2 again. And the same thing with War Sun. A War Sun is an 80% chance to hit, but you get three shots. It costs you 12 resources. Guess what? It's 0 .2. 0 0.2 again. The only outlier is Dreadnoughts that are 60% divided by four, which is actually worse than 0 0.2. 0 0.15. So 0 0.15. So you'd think Dreads are, are the worst unit, but obviously it's the same damage, bombardment, capacity. All of these things kind of end up applying. Uh, and, and the fact that they're not behind a tech, you know, firewall, basically. Um, but in general, the, the idea to get from all of this is the damage value isn't really even why you buy the units. It's the utility. It's the utility of the units. So don't don't think about you don't need to think about, well, dreadnoughts hit better, so I need to spend my resources right. on dreadnoughts. Because it has nothing to do with that because you're spending more money. You're buying that sustained you're, damage and that bombard. Right. Yeah, you're for and, cruisers, and, you're buying two movement. Right. For fighters, you're buying the fact that you can buy lots of fighters and have a big soaked wall. Uh, Unaligned Magi's main point in this actually ended up being like it because they all have the same percentage to hit technic per resource. The more you buy, the better, just because you just need to have more of those opportunities to for get sure. hits. Um, and I, I I agree with that basically to a certain extent, but at the same time, I I just take it to mean the other thing even more. I, I feel like the biggest takeaway is. Do not buy units just because of their battle value. Right. Buy them because of what they're going to do. And also, more importantly, it's about sort of the rock, paper, scissors, which it's it's more complicated than rock, paper, scissors, but it's like if your neighbor has lots of fighters, destroyers, upgrade them, etc. Um, and and beyond that, it's, it's figuring out what you're going to do with those ships, which leads into our next point, um, which I think is a, a really good one by Steiner, which is dreadnoughts are the most upgradable ship by far. A single dread is fine. Is like we just said, it's actually a worse chance to hit. But a dreadnought two with duranium armor and plasma scoring, and if you're barony and non-Euclidean shielding, that's an incredibly resource efficient ship. Right. That's, and it's doing a lot of different things. It's accomplishing yeah. a lot of different uh, goals. Which I think, I honestly in this errata, I think this is some of like these two in particular were definitely things that should have just been included into the episode, sure. um, but we did not think to say it this way. Right. Um, so I think this, the, especially Steiner's point, really illuminates why it is that dread, like that for us, I feel like we we eke out the dreadnought yeah. versus like other ships. Right. Um, it's because of the utility. Of yeah. It. It's you because can of all the different things. Do a lot with it. It's got capacity. It's got bombardment. You can upgrade that bombardment in in some factions' case. You can. I mean, your your capacity is really good with L one Z one X. It's a jack of all trades. It's a jack of all trades. You can just right. do everything you need to with a dreadnought. Yeah, you pay for it, but you you get a lot out of that payment. Right. All right. So next one is from Revel Doubt, namely, 
setting your fleet movement up so you can retreat when necessary. Oh, this, I, I, I've copied this in weird. Oh, okay. I see. Well, well, so th I think Revel Doubt is just saying that, that this is important, uh, that setting your fleet movement up so you can retreat is very important. So when moving a fleet, if you can afford to leave behind a minor ship, this can give you an out when confronted with annihilation. This may be a role for the humble destroyer or maybe upgraded fighters. And I, I feel this yeah. is 100%. This is, I think, money. when we were talking about fleet compositions and what ships' purposes are and what they're trying to do and why you're moving them around the board, this is basically something we didn't we didn't mention and we didn't right. talk about. Right. Setting yourselves up for retreat is an incredibly important thing, and it's honestly something I just, I as a player, don't do very well. But yeah. it's something we saw at Gen Con 2018 quite yeah. a bit. I mean, right. we saw a right. lot of really wise retreat play and and people setting things up so that they could easily retreat right you know never going into a big attack without having the ability to retreat, retreat. out of it yeah um i mean that's like the biggest downfall of your ghost players or your isarls who like jump through stuff well if you jump through that attack you better have a pretty big plan to win because if right. you don't you're you're not getting out without a, a heavy cost right yeah, yeah, I I super agree, super agree. Um, especially especially the the destroyer point. The fact yeah. that it doesn't actually have to be a part of the ending fleet. It's just mm -hmm. like a no. You built the destroyer so that it could, again, like we said, this this is taking it the next step of okay. We we want we have our like perimeter of destroyers to sort mm -hmm. of protect ourselves from anybody who doesn't have light wave deflector. But even more so, we we bring those destroyers up to the edge of our field so that they're there when we need to retreat back. Right. 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 All right, next one is from Grofflemall. Um, Grofflemall, sorry, whoops. Uh, Grofflemall, all right, I got it. <laughs> I think a minor point in the race side of things might be that Jolnar, with their permanent negative one on combat rolls, have the exact opposite incentive system to Sardak. A baseline Jolnar fighter goes from hitting one in five shots to hitting one in 10, Ooh. whereas a Dreadnought suffers comparatively less. I think if you're playing them you definitely want to play towards bigger ships rather than trying to swarm uh, i think this is it's funny that this point has gone overlooked from us for so long yeah uh, we've, ne we've, we've never talked really about sardak talked about in this way right it's it is it's like they say it's the opposite problem with sardak sardak wants to build lots of fighters because they can capitalize on the percentage increase that they're getting um and so yeah jolnar for me if i'm if i'm playing as jolnar and maybe this is like just subconsciously doing this you start with a dread. All I want to do as Jolnar is build more dreads. I can get to dreadnought two upgrade right. quickly and easily, and dreads are decent enough with with them. And especially if you're kind of playing more defensively, uh, I just that's all I ever want to build is like dreads and cruisers. And and also it's another incentive for them to just go for war suns because like you're not losing much of a percentage hit. No, chance yeah, it makes hardly a, with, no difference with war suns. Yeah. So I I don't build. This is the other reason ground combat as Jolnar absolutely so sucks and it's terrible and so the same thing goes for like you don't see jolnar get fighter swarms very often i will say this though i feel like the counter to this like i feel like jolnar definitely does not have it as bad as sardak in that jolnar can with you know if they're willing to upgrade like fix things like the fighter yeah. problem right and, like they can bring their fighters back to a regular One spot and yeah. that's not that you know that's not that crazy for for them to do that nor would it would be like a horrible thing because no. if, if a jolnar decided like oh i want to go carrier two and fighter two and just like swarm right it, it would work right It'd and the fact fine. of the matter is round one like if jolnar had the six resources available you could upgrade your fighters and your cruisers immediately like they right. each require one of each color or what you know one one green one yellow one red and one blue and one green you could have 
regular fighters and regular cruisers battle-wise immediately. Right. So and you never would suffer get, that problem. Like, you know, somebody, I forget who it was, you were showing me something somebody was saying on the Discord earlier about um, having Carrier 2s, Fighter 2s, and Integrated Economy. And right. That sounds like a very easy combo for Joel Mott. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so so the, the having that sort of utility, again, is sort of the key point. If, if we're not as worried about the battle damage, like we said earlier, right. and it's more about what am I actually gaining in the ability to do that? Yeah, if I have integrated economy and fighter two and, and all this stuff, I'm just constantly refilling my fighter protection mm -hmm. shield everywhere mm -hmm. I go. I don't need a big fighter swarm, but I'll always have at least two fighters with right. every fleet no matter what because I take a planet, I build two fighters. Easy, done. Right. Uh, this last one is from Revan88, uh, and it is uh, when with when discussing Sardak, some said that War Sons get less of a st statistical advantage than cheaper units like fighters when utilizing Sardak's plus one ability. Technically, this is false because all rolls still have a plus ten percent chance to hit. In fact, the War Sun gets a ten percent chance to hit on three die rolls where a fighter just gets a plus 10% chance on oh, one roll. And this is something that I think is worth pointing out with, with you know, we, I don't like getting war sons as Sardak Nor, especially considering it's so far down your path. Like what, how are you really going to, yeah, is that really a shot that, you can call? Right. You know? It's like, hard to go for. But if you've, if again, we, we've said this with Sardak Nor, if you, you go with wherever you have the tech skips, cause that's just what you should do. So if you're in a red tech skip pie slice, Sardak Nor can go for War Sons. If you're right. playing Sardak in on our tourney map, if you're playing in the Slice of the Gashly, War Sons are perfectly go within ahead. your grasp. Yeah, go for it. And yes, it feels dumb to have your hit on a three go down to a hit on a two because it feels like well that's not that's not a significant change. But yeah, the the key here is well it is still three dice, so it's not a ten percent chance. It's the math doesn't work out to where it's a 30% chance increase, I'm sure. I don't know how to do the math there, mm -hmm. but it's better than 10%, that's for sure. Um, so a, a good point to talk about Sardak War Sons. So just do that. Just get just get War Sons of Sardak. Just it's get easy. War Sons. Yeah, easy. It's 10% three times. That's 30%. Well, easy. See, we that's just That's what did. that is. We are Matt. Welcome to Math Cats. Uh, good job, Hunter. 10% times three equals 30%. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Revenate, I did it. I did it, Revenate. I did it. I hate this. 30%. I hate this. <laughs> That's how it works, right? That's what I said when, when I read that. I was like, oh, is that 30%? <laughs> Let's do the rundown. Um, you, can, <laughs> you can hit up our Twitter for game updates and announcements, and, and you should hit it up and check out, you may double check when we're doing that holiday spectacular because yeah. this is coming up. That's what the whole thing was about, wasn't it, that you just listened to? Uh, Facebook, check it out. Uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> You can uh, website. you can talk to everybody on there, and most people <laughs> most people are there, and and you know what? Guess what? We are too. And uh, check out uh, our page for the show, um, and send us uh, send us questions and talk about you know you're like you're in your game and you're like what? How do I do this? And we'll be like, well, Matt will be like, yeah, I know how. Um, check out the Board Game Geek Guild uh, for discussions uh, and see if Ro well, Robofish, what's up? And knock on us. You know. There was a really good trend recently where I for I wasn't posting the episode things anymore, and then mm -hmm. I basically completely abandoned it. Mm -hmm. And people were coming in and posting their own 
episode things and giving really really good episode descriptions in lieu you know i i do like our show notes and that's usually what i post in our things right but people started posting their own show notes for <laughs> Wait, for our what? episodes i'm i'm learning about this for the first yeah. time you keep reading i'm gonna pull it up and i'm okay, gonna read okay. some show notes from the board well, game. I, I mean i can't read any uh, you can't read it while i have it pulled up yeah well, go ahead and talk about uh, twilight imperium subreddit Okay, so yeah, we post every week in the Twilight Imperium subreddit, uh, and that's a that's a really good place to go if you want to submit like errata if you think we messed something up or you got your own your own take. Uh, throw it in there, and maybe you'll see it in the show. Um, our Discord is also a really good place to go for that same exact purpose, um, and also uh, you can get a lot of if you're in our if you're on our Patreon, um, uh, then you will get a lot of benefits in that Discord as well. Um, <laughs> So here's from the four-player episode. Uh, Brian Johnston went ahead and gave us a this week four-player games. Is it the absolute evil bane of Hunter's entire Twilight Imperium existence, or Matt's sugar-coated cupcakes and unicorn-infested magical Christmas land? Wow, that's good. So I, hope I, I am not. I wish he, he. No, no. He ends with a very good thing at the end of the post. It says, "Hope I am not stepping on your toes here, Robofish." Well, it's because it's because we're in Robofish's territory. Uh, Robofish is the one who did this two weeks in a row or something like that. This week on SCPT, our hopes look at the swanky new map they've made for the tournament. Astrophysicists the galaxy over wonder why there are always systems spinward of the home systems and marvel at the synchronicity. Probably the Lazix did it. Wow. Well, it's uh, check out the board the board game geek guild for that. Um, <laughs> do you got do you got another? All right, all right. Um, oh, and one thing I wanted to say about the Patreon um, before moving on. Um, the stream that we're doing uh, this Sunday is a part of the Steve Martin fan club. And if you are interested in getting in on that, um, go ahead and, and hit that up. Uh, he- head to that tier. That's a good one. One, um, one more. One, okay, this is right, the last one, one from RoboFish. This was for episode 57, Developing Skills. In this episode, our heroes decide to assist the less fortunate. <laughs> the less fortunate being those who have played fewer games of Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. But not those who have played no games of Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. <laughs> What do you want them to do? Assist the whole human race? <laughs> All right. Also, not enough nice stuff was said about the Jolnar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Very good. <laughs> yeah. This is this is that was an episode for people that have played at least once, but, but not, not too many. Three. <laughs> it was a baby bears bowl of porridge situation, <laughs> which I think is a joke I've already made. But um, rate us on your podcast app, especially Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. Love it. It's good for visibility. Um, I'm a comedian and I don't really have much to talk about at this point because I'm here in Arkansas. I'm doing a handful of shows, but none of them are really important except for uh, if you want to see me uh, do a lot of time, uh, yeah. like 45 minutes, Way too much. Uh, which I don't know. If I, well, I don't know how that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> then I will be uh, at Black Apple Crossing in Springdale uh, on Saturday, December 22nd. If the you day just, before the stream. The day before the stream. Uh, if you just happen to be in Arkansas for some reason, or you're an Arkansas listener, which most of them I know personally, probably, but maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. I don't. I don't know how many people listen to us. Our in Arkansas. Arkansas listeners include myself and EJ, <laughs> <laughs> and they're both coming. But well, I just you're here right now, so you're hearing it right now. EJ, please come to the show uh, on Saturday. Chris it's a Rogers, Black Apple Cross. Right, right. So everyone that I know personally, they don't even listen to the show weekly. But well, maybe if some of them do, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Moving on. Let's thank our pet. Patreons. Yeah, I want to thank our Space Kitties, Jim Bob, Dustin Doom, In Mac We Trust, Frederick Durston, Nathan Swenson, and Yin for Life. I also want to thank Mike, Fowley Flan, and Ian Scott. Nice. 
This is a really cool play of the week. This um, is a wicked good play of the week. I'm really excited about this it. Is, this is in top three play of the weeks. I still, the one that we like freaked out about, I don't even remember what the exact play was, but the, oh, the, the, the agenda phase crazy play of the week, that's still top brass. Yeah. But this is like maybe number two Super play cool. of the week. Super cool. All right. So this comes in from Adam uh, Lugmani. 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 Um, and the play credit goes to uh, someone named Bondi. Bondi did the play. Okay. So. It was a six-player game using the SCPT tournament map. Uh, it was the beginning of round three, and trouble was brewing in the big and tight slice, populated by Arborek. In the previous round, the Federation of Soul, stationed next door in Darien Slice, had been pushing aggressively and greedily into Arborek territory, grabbing Quan round one using warfare, and then using the gravity rift to snatch an underdefended Starpoint slash New Albion in round two. Arborek was pissed, but the two had negotiated a peace deal. Sol paid his trade agreement and agreed he, was with, he would withdraw completely from the Arborek slice on the following round, leaving the planets empty. After which, they would both exchange ceasefires and then focus their efforts on scoring. Ending the round with this deal agreed, both were ready to put their differences aside, knowing that a war could bring them both down. Enter. The Clan of Sar, helmed by Bondi, at the opening of round three, from the comfort of their chaos-mapped asteroid field, fast and cultured, they play signal jamming on Starpoint New Albion, forcing the Sol player to place a token in the system. Sar commented to the Arborek player, I didn't think you should let Sol get away with that so lightly. This move locked down the Sol's invading carriers, preventing them from being able to withdraw peacefully. The deal was in tatters. Arborek had no choice with a grimacing reluctance. Arborek's core fleet tore into the Sol invaders, reclaiming the planet, but shattering any chance of a new peace forming between the two players. With vengeance on his mind, Sol struck back against Arborek, and over the next few rounds, the two players waged a long and terrible war that resulted in both players claiming each other's home systems. Wow, I didn't even... Wow. <laughs> Leaving them exhausted and relegated to the sidelines. Meanwhile, Sar cruised to victory, knowing with complete confidence that his embattled neighbor was completely completely occupied with a war and posed no threat. With a single action card, Sar had sparked a war that would last the whole game and would drive both Soul and Arborek out of contention. That is like the juiciest. That's truly one play changed the entire scope of the game and it's not it wasn't a game-winning sorrow i did this and this and this and this it was i did this thing and it had lasting consequences over the entire course of the game and shaped everything else it's the action card equivalent of the red wedding in game of thrones (laughs) (laughs) oh my god literally yeah yeah it happened it was insane and it pitted people against each other and changed the scope of everything yeah yeah uh, that's a really you yeah. just you yeah. just did things and to that my came body. From me. That, that came, from, came from me. Not not from you. Not from our Game of Thrones. Well, bone. thank thank you for doing that to me, yeah. Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right. Well, I'm excited for Sunday. And uh, I'm excited for Sunday. If this yeah. was a weird episode to you, I'm sorry. Uh, but you're getting twelve hours of content right. on Sunday. Yeah, actually anybody that might be like, Oh, I didn't you know, last week you guys were so theory heavy, so strategy heavy. Uh we're gonna play We're, we're gonna be pretty strategy heavy right. for a very I, long time. We're literally gonna stream all day. So we're starting at ten. That. It will go um, probably till and midnight. And I would expect next week's episode to be similar to last year's post holiday spectacular where it's we're just because you, if you're looking at your calendar, you'll note that next week's episode happens on Christmas Day, and so 
no, I will not be recording a new episode on Christmas Eve. No. We're playing this game on Christmas Eve Eve. We will record an episode after the long slog of two back-to-back games of TI, and whatever comes out of our stupid brains at that point is yeah, what the episode is going to be. And it's not going to be very edited it either. Won't, it'll barely be edited, and it will barely be good. Well, it'll be hilarious, I think, but it will not be uh, juicy strategic material to be done. Oh, oh, my dog is home. We have to go. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.